Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Where do you want to see him? Well, I would actually love to see if Tom came on TV and said, I'm walking away from the game and I'm going to re-salvage my marriage. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. NFL playoffs are here, so we had to bring in a guest who could help us elevate our football knowledge a bit here on the show. We have former NFL running back Rashad Jennings. Welcome to the Courtside Club. I appreciate you having me on. How you doing today? I'm good. I appreciate you coming on my show. I was on your show, The Bag, which was super fun. We got to talk about sports and business and entrepreneurship and today we're going to talk about sports and entertainment if you're down let's do it let's do it yeah we appreciate you coming on in the bag blessing blessing our uh, podcast too by the way it was fun so first off have you been watching the nfl playoffs or the first the wild card round yeah i have um i've got a chance to catch up on the games during the season i didn't get a chance to watch every single game but the playoffs i try not to miss it's been some exciting uh, games so far. The Jaguars and Giants stand out to me, obviously, because I played for both teams. So uh, seeing Jacksonville come back 27-0 to zero down in the second quarter, um, I ain't going to lie. I, I, I got in the car because I had to drive an hour. I, I, I got in the car and I said, you know what? I'm turning this off. I'm, 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 I'm leaving. It was and one I couldn't of those. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was pissed. I'm like, man. And I sure enough, I cut the game back on, and it was 27-14. I'm like, okay, we got a shot, man. Let me tune back in. Next thing I know, it's 31-30. We won. I couldn't believe it. That's the biggest comeback. Um, a, a lot of people are going to be able to ride that game. For a minute. I'll tell you what, Jacksonville has done this the entire season. Jacksonville has beat every single team that they shouldn't um, by the book, and they've lost to every team that they uh, should have beat by the book. So in the playoffs – quote-unquote, they are supposed to lose every game. So hopefully they keep up their uh, routine and beat everybody they shouldn't and uh, make it to the Super Bowl. Why do you think that is, that they're losing, or they were losing to the teams that they shouldn't have lost to because they just took them too lightly? Like- I mean, possibly. Um, sometimes when you play against a better team, you obviously feel the need to prove something, uh, and you bring your A game. And uh, a lot of times when you're playing teams that you technically should beat, you don't prepare as hard. It, it's it's by nature um, unless you until you become a true professional and you treat every single team um, like they are the best team and you create a different standard. But I tell you right now, Jacksonville is playing on a high. Um, I think they got the guys in the right place. They finally got the good coach. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence is obviously the future of the team. He's he's finally coming into his own. So it's sky's the limit right now for Jacksonville. The only thing they need to do is get rid of that pool in the stadium and that'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So we have Jacksonville. We have New York. What team surprised you this season? Any? Um, surprise, surprise is New York or how well they've played. They – They've surpassed a lot of people's expectations this year. Um, I think everybody saw them as just being kind of competitive. I wouldn't have imagined that somebody would have selected them um, to be where they are right this second. Uh, I'm sure some guys in the locker room, to be honest, they wouldn't say it. 
but didn't expect them to be uh, where they are right now. But the coach, the team, the leadership, the consistency, uh, believing in each other, the attitude and the culture in the locker room, I mean, it, it can prevail a lot. And uh, we're, we're watching the team play scrappy and understand that, um, you know, pound, pound for pound, maybe they now ha- don't have the best team as uh, far as roster, but they're, they have a belief. Um, they have a will. They have, have a drive and great leadership, and that could take you further than talent anyway. So Tampa Bay has surprised me how many games they won. Um, I thought they was going to lose more. The Bills surprised me too. I knew they were going to be good, but I didn't think they was going to be that sound. And the 49ers, their defenses surprised me. I knew they were going to be good, but not that good. They play, they've been playing outstanding this entire season, and right now they're the front runner. They're the team to beat. I want to go back to, to the Bucks for a second because I know you have strong feelings about Tom Brady. Maybe go against the grain a little bit. But what did you expect from his season this year? Obviously, he started off rough. Everybody's talking about his personal life. None of us really know what's going on. When we start talking about anybody's personal life, it could get touchy. And so, you know, I, I, I tread those waters gently, but from the optic which as a human, that's what you get a chance to speak from. The optic of the situation that he found himself in, I thought he was going to have a horrible season, which, you know, that's an opinionated gesture anyway, whether it was good or bad. However, um, I thought he was going to lose more games than he actually won. Um, I Personally, it seemed like it would be very difficult to go through a divorce Um publicly at that uh, during a, during the season and it happened at the beginning of the season as well you know he missed uh missed 15 days of camp handling personal stuff you know not not flying out with the team for personal reasons you see and then you see the optics of missing missing some time with his team to go to another team's coach wedding I mean, uh, on his wedding and stuff, because I'm thinking to myself, there's nowhere in the world uh, you can go through a divorce and, you know, still have that type of focus, presence, uh, and ability uh, to give your your, your energy to a game, like physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, because love hurts. And, you know, when you lose somebody like that, um, I, I can't imagine. So he shocked me. Did you hear his last interview after the Cowboys game? Uh-uh. What did he say? Basically, just gratitude. Like, I appreciate all of your guys' support, but kind of said nothing about, you know, we'll be back and stronger next season. So a lot of people are kind of speculating, like, oh, he's out of there. You know I mean, like, he's not he's not coming back here. And even from that last interview, what, what do you think is next for Tom Brady? Tom's a guy that you really it's really hard to read. He doesn't give people much. He doesn't put his personal stuff in his business, which was, again, his divorce going public definitely wasn't his choice. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, you say, his tweet said, you know, something to the effects of uh, the love and support of his family. And um, it has has it has enabled him to play another season you know, so forth and so on. And then meanwhile, going through a divorce, so something don't add up. So I don't blame him for keeping a PC. 
However, I think he's going to evaluate life over again. I don't know where the guy's head is. However, where do you want to see him? So I would actually love to see, you know, if Tom came on TV and said, I'm walking away from the game and I'm going to re-salvage my marriage because um, my love for the game may only last another year or two max. But my love and fa- for my family will last the remaining years of my breath. And that's more important. That message is something that the world needs to hear. So selfishly, because I personally believe marriage is very important. Way more important than sports. So I would love to see that um, selfishly. Because the messages that I, I preach to people, um, encourage people with on you know how important marriage is, it, it would it would solidify that a great is realizing that um, all the accolades, all the success, all the all the money, um, all the attention, all the praise, all the records do not replace love, um, intimacy, and marriage. So that that's what I would like to see them two come together in the name of love. I maybe I maybe didn't expect that from a former athlete, but is that something you played in the NFL for almost ten? Almost years? a decade. Almost yeah. I got I snuck eight in, which is which is a long career in the NFL. Um, what kept you going? Was it something like that where and and I'll take it back to me right. I didn't play professionally, but my dad always instilled in me, like, if I would have a bad game and I would get really upset over it, right? He would say, remember that no matter what happens on the court, you can have the worst game. Like, that's actually the least important thing. You know, you go home and you still have, like, your mom and I still love you. You got friends. You're healthy. And so he, he would always tell me because I would get so worked up, like my whole life depended on whatever game that I had, you know, high school, college, whatever. When you were in the league, what got you through those games? Was it something like that? Or did you kind of have that attack mode at all times? I would say what got me through was um, a lot of different things. So I was passionate about playing the game just to prove my dad wrong um, when I was younger. When I was younger, my dad drank a lot and smoked a lot. Um, I won't get into all the little details, but our relationship kind of was at a stalemate because um, I didn't like the fact that he wasn't there for me in a way that I wanted him to be. Um, physically, he was there, which made a big difference in my life, believe it or not, just him, a man's presence makes a difference he asked me he's ever shot because i asked him i was like dad why can't you stop drinking and smoking to be there for me and he looked at me when i was like 13 years old he said rashad what you want to do one day you get older and uh i looked at him and i said i want to play running back in the nfl and i was just fat overweight chubby kid like it's no way in the world you would have looked at me and thought any of that i was a fifth string running back in high school just to give everybody a perspective and he said, he looked at me, he took a puff of his smoke, sip of his drink, 
Hey, Rashad, you think you'll be able to make it to the NFL without drinking and smoking yourself? Kind of like arrogantly, who are you to question me or ask me right. my own home what I need to be doing as a father? And, you know, I'm a little squirt. So <clears throat> with tears in my eyes, I looked at him. I said, just to prove you wrong, I'm never going to do it. And 37, I made it to the NFL. I've never drank before. I never smoked before a day in my life. And, you know, it was, and I, trust me, our relationship had a major U-turn, major 360. And uh, me and my dad had a, a, a great time with each other um, before he passed now three years ago. And um, so with that being said, one of the things that kept me going was, and still is today, I actually want to be a great leader to my family from the grave. And I can't do that unless I'm very conscious of the decisions I make while I'm blessed to still breathe on this side. <clears throat> so legacy um, is something that's huge to me. Uh, one day when I have kids here soon, um, I, I, I want to be able to teach them things that I've been through and teach through experiences. And it's going to be very difficult for me to teach if I, if I don't push myself to a limit um, to see that limit and be able to share that experience with my with my kids. Right. Like, I don't want to share from assumptions of pushing yourself really hard. I want to share from experience of actually physically seeing. I don't want to be I don't want to tell my kids about what the Grand Canyon looks like. I want to go to the Grand Canyon, see it myself so I can vividly explain what the Grand Canyon looks like. So, you know, we got to teaching from experience is the best. And so experiencing what it's like to be alone. I've experienced that in the NFL. I mean, alone, alone, no, nobody around, you no friends in a one bedroom apartment coming back and all, you know, to yourself every day. And the only friends you got really is a, is uh, the fruit flies coming off the fruit. And so I really dedicated myself to working my hell off just to be average in the NFL. And so um, my gameplay, I mean, is average. And I had to work extremely hard, way harder than a lot of other people just to do that. And so um, with, with, with that said, you know, those are the things that kind of kept me motivated um, and still even today. Can I say that I think it's impressive for the fact that you were so young, you were 13 and you were able to, you, you know, you were externally motivated because you wanted to to prove something to your dad, but that had to take a lot for you at 13 to make that decision right there. Because a lot of us are, are mostly influenced by our parents and we just, we follow in their footsteps or we're like, oh, well, I can just do that too. It is what it is. This is how my life has panned out for me, whatever. I can start drinking and smoking now and it is what it is, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I've I've talked to a lot of people on the show and, and even Jalen Rose is somebody who comes top of mind because a similar situation as to you, his dad wasn't in his life, but his dad was playing professional basketball and he saw that from afar. And then he had the motivation like, well, I'm going to do this on my own then. He didn't have anybody there. He, you know, found coaches and, and that along the way, but at a young age kind of turned it on. But then you see somebody who's like Steph Curry, right? His dad played ball and he followed right under that, which is probably what you would create for your kids, you know, in the future. 
but it's it's interesting. I think it's very impressive and and makes for a, a great and inspiring story too. Yeah, it's uh, it's humbling, you know, looking back on it, and I'm I'm thankful that I, I did have people that believed in me before I knew who I was, right? And you know, two older brothers that kind of like wouldn't let me make excuses because uh, I was always looking for them, Lord knows. And it's important um, to take ownership. That's that's the one of the biggest things I've learned is taking ownership over your decisions and responsibility. And the more responsibility you take, the more life you have. Um, the, the more responsibility you give to another individual, the less life you have. And it can become very cagey. You feel small when you don't have responsibility. Um, and I could have looked at that situation and a lot of people would have understood um, why if I started drinking a lot and, you know, angry and frustrated and pissed and it would have made sense. Oh, well, his dad did this, right? And so, but no, I took ownership and I used it as an opportunity of realizing what I didn't want to be. I, I'm humble, but I think, why me? Why was I fortunate enough to think through things the way I did and how the things fell in place like it did? You know, I'm very humble, but I could have got hurt at any point in time. You know, I, 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 and that's why I give praise to God. I really do, because I've asked God to, to do things in my life that I know I cannot take credit for. And I can't take credit for a lot of my success. And not. <laughs> tell you that right this second. Um, but you can one, give one, yourself a little credit. I I try. I work. You know, <laughs> I, I do what I can. But yeah. I, I will I will say something that I live with is uh, you get on your knees and you pray like it all depends on God. And then you get off of your knees and you work like it all depends on you. And somewhere between doing both, you'll find fate. You can't find fate with only doing one. Just working hard as you possibly can. Or just praying as much as you possibly can. I think it really takes both. Have you been betting with the Caesar Sportsbook and Casino app? If so, keep it up because every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means win or lose, you're getting closer to amazing perks like game tickets, free stays, bonuses, and more. And if not, well, when you get started, your first bet is on Caesars. Register with promo code Omaha Full and place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a free bet. Must be 21 or older, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas, Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. one 800 
1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369. It's the best time of the year. The football playoffs are upon us. Basketball and hockey are in full swing and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Make up for lost time and go enjoy a game. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN is offering you $10 off your first $100 ticket purchase with code courtside. That's code courtside. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. You talk about getting hurt. You could have gotten hurt. You did get hurt a couple times in your NFL career. And we, I feel like for whatever reason, this season and the NFL, there have been multiple scary injuries that I don't know if it's because I'm in tuned more or, you know, the, the media and the NFL is like heightening them more. And, but I haven't seen these kind of injuries in the past. Um, we had Tua and then we had Damar Hamlin and then Gage and. I want to hear from your perspective. Obviously, um, playing in the NFL for as long as you did, it is a dangerous sport. Do you think that there's anything that the NFL can or will do moving forward to help protect their players even more? That's a a good question. It's a loaded question. Um, The health of players matter. You know, I don't think the NFL can do much because it's such a physical contact sport. It's a collision sport. It's not contact. Basketball is contact. Uh, NFL is collision sport. And so there always, forever, will be catastrophic injuries. If I think the NFL can do anything lawfully, the policies with the rules, they've done. They've tried. Um, they they changed some of the helmets, the technology. A lot of money has went into research they've changed practice they've changed the rules of tackling um they've they've clamped down on finding athletes i mean you almost got to play two-hand touch to get a sack now so one of the things they can do is make every single field grass that's the first thing that they can do um that i there will be a study to come out at some point that explains the injury rates and how the effects of running on rubber <laughs> is not good for athletes. We're going to see the injuries, uh, the injury rate of athletes are partly due to the field and the surface that they play on. We're not designed to play on no freaking rubber. Yeah, so Rashad, explain to me the, the difference between you know playing on a, a turf field versus real grass. And what difference that makes. I don't want to be disrespectful, but it seems like it would be common sense. Uh, playing, athletes playing on rubber versus grass. Doesn't make sense. However, uh, it does, if you watch the dollar, financially speaking, the owners benefit from artificial turf because the maintenance is cheaper. Um, it looks more aesthetic possibly, um, for an eyeball 
to, to the audience, right, to the stand, for, for, for those that are fans of the game, consuming the game, and maybe it looks prettier. But to the athlete, athletes, do a vote, do a poll, and ask athletes, would you rather play on turf or grass? And I guarantee you about 80% will say grass. Um, maybe even 90. I, I truly believe this is all a financial-driven um, uh, data collective um, gesture from owners of, you know, collecting the data, seeing the data, understanding the data says athletes to play on rubber, artificial grass will not, will eventually um, have an injury. Their injury, they become more injury prone. Their body softens up over time because we're not designed to play on this surface. So, they won't have longevity if they're running physically. Now, quarterback, guess what? They don't run like a majority of the athletes out there. Right. And those who do magically, you know, they, they put themselves in more injury risk uh, for sure. But these soft tissue injuries that happen on a constant basis um, with the way the athletes train today <clears throat> is insane, the injury for lower body. And athletes are saying it already. However, you know, the mainstream media hasn't picked it up and it's not going to be an issue or a wave of a strike or anything until, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that is constantly pumped out by everybody. I think it's something that's at least being brought to the forefront and more athletes who come out and talk about it that will force a change if need be. I guess I'm optimistic it, it will. in that. Yeah. It will over time. The same things. The studies going to studies were done with concussions, and it mm -hmm. took a while before you know it came to the forefront. Um, it took a while before people realized that smoking cigarettes weren't good for you. Back in the sixties, <laughs> they had commercials yeah. <laughs> with doctors choosing doctors smoke camels. <laughs> it's like what are we talking about? <laughs> um, but you know, it'll take a minute. But yeah, these these injuries. A lot of these injuries happen due to um, playing on rubber. Rashad, I want to quickly take a halftime break. I want to get more into kind of what you did for your body and your playing career and what you've done after your playing career after. But first, if you're down for a little game. Yeah, let's do it. So today, I want to help you create your dream team Pro Bowl team. Let's do it. So I have a list of positions. You can choose current or retired players to fill these positions. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm so ready. we're going to start off on the offensive side. You're running back. <clears throat> Who you got? One running back, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Okay. Wide receiver. This is the only position I'm going to let you have two. All right. Larry Fishell. And to compliment him, I'd like to get Randy Moss. Okay. Tight end. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. Okay. One person on the line. It can be anywhere on the line, offensive line. Orlando Pace. And now your quarterback. That's on the kind of ball I want to play. Talk me through it. All right. So with the quarterback, it, it, the quarterback depends if I want to try to run a gun this thing. It depends on, um, you know... What am I playing against other pro bowlers? Am I playing? Is this? I don't know. It, it, I would be safe. I'll be safe and just pick somebody that I know is 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 versatile and can play 
everywhere, especially with these type of guys. I go with Peyton Manning. Okay, we have Peyton in the quarterback spot, and and so we're just we're assigning you as coach, so okay. you can run the plays and do whatever how you want. Um, okay. All right, we're going to the defensive end now with our defensive end. Who would I put on the edge? I think Reggie White is one of the best uh, coming off that edge. He was he was different, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him, and he's a great leader. Cool. What about the D line? In the trenches, oh man. In the trenches, it can get tough. I, I I go ahead. I pick Aaron Donald. I like I like having him out there. That's a good choice. Yeah. Linebacker. Linebacker, uh, Ray Lewis. Okay. And I have your corner or your safety. Yeah, I would have to go with. That's tough. I like Troy Polamalu. I like Dawkins. I like Reed. Um, either one of them will work. I'll go ahead and pick. I'll pick. Ugh, that's tough. I, you know what? I'm going to pick Dawkins. I'm going to pick Brian Dawkins. Okay. And last but not least, we have our kicker. kicker. Had a lot of missed field goals, both in college football and NFL football lately. Who's going to hold it down for your team? I'm going to go with Justin. I'm going to go with Tucker. I like, I like cool. how he's doing. I like how he's been um, for his entire career. He's been clutch. So I'm going to stick with him. Rashad Jennings, Pro Bowl team. I actually, all the players that I picked only have uh, one real wild card, and that's Randy Moss. Everybody else that I picked is is a captain, a leader, and and has you know kept themselves in a position of being clean. You got a good head on your shoulders. It's not the misfits here. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need in order to win. You got to have a locker room full of uh, full of somebody. That, you got to have some leaders in there. All right, cool. Time for the second half. So you said Ray Lewis. Did you actually go up against Ray? I went against him a couple of different times. Uh, I ran through a few of his arm tackles. There's some pictures out there to show that. I'm, I'm excited to have that on repertoire forever. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, nah, who's the toughest guy you went up against? Was it Ray? The hard, yeah, nah, the hardest hitting dude I've ever went against is Clint Session. His name is Clint Session. He played linebacker with the Colts. Um, and then he also played with the Jaguars. And if you ask any running back within his era who was the hardest hitter, they're all going to say Ray Lewis. I mean, they're all going to say Clint Session. He was different. Something was something was just different about that guy. He was 5'9", five, five, I feel like, and 230, wide, dreads, heavy-handed, just a, a nightmare. And I, he had to retire, though, because of too many concussions. But I let you know what kind of hitting he was doing. He was hitting <laughs> too hard. He hit you so hard that it's kind of like you get up and slide like, bro, really? Like, <laughs> Did you say that to him before? <laughs> yeah, he was, and what's crazy, like, bro, he, was my team, he was my teammate in college. I played college ball with this cat at Pittsburgh, uh-huh. University of Pittsburgh. He, he was there. And um, so I already knew how hard he could hit because I found out the hard way in college as a as a freshman. I left, I transferred to Liberty, did my thing, went into the league, and now I'm playing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's with the Colts. So I see him twice a year. And then he came over to Jacksonville, and so now we're teammates again. So I've, I've known this guy for a long time, and he is definitely the hardest-hitting dude I've ever went against. Was there anybody that you played against who talked the most smack on the field? I mean, some cats just talk, literally, just conversation. Hey, how you doing, man? What's up, bro? You been up to-? And then some people talk smack. Um, I will say 
one of the funniest players that I, I played with too. I played with a lot of hilarious guys, but Prince of Mucamara was hilarious. Um, uh, DRC was hilarious. Um, they were the funniest to like watch play and talk trash. I think Burfick talked a lot of trash to people. A linebacker with Cincinnati Bengals. He he was always he always had. I think he played with a different type of chip. Uh, I I think he wanted to like. I think he played to like really kill people if he could. <laughs> like I think that was on his mind. I didn't find my way. And talking a lot of crazy trash to people because I don't want anybody pissed off at me that's already trying to knock my head out. You know, I, I'm not gonna add wood to your fire. I'm actually gonna try to talk you out of it. I come up to, you, hey, how you doing? That was a really good hit. And then as soon as you turn around, I might punk, whatever. But I'm not going to bring more fuel to the fire. Is unnecessary. That makes sense. A little reverse psychology there. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> befriend, <laughs> befriend them. Um, so after your NFL playing career, you became a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. I, and you I won. Tricked America. They thought I could dance. <laughs> no, wait. I, no, I had to ask, though, because like from one athlete to another, did you win just because you're competitive? No, actually, no. I would not contribute me being a competitor with Dancing with the Stars having anything to do with why I won. I, I'm serious. Oh, talk had, me I, out I, of it then. <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it for a second when you asked, but being competitive had nothing to do with it. What enabled me to win Dancing with the Stars was a few things. One, I've never seen the show prior to being on it. It's a good thing I didn't because I, maybe I wouldn't even have chose to be on it. Um, how it happened was, it's pretty funny. So I'm a true autodidact. I'm addicted to learning. I love learning new things. Every single offseason, I pick up a new art of craft. After the eighth season, um, I wanted to learn how to dance. Why? Because I was at one of my buddy's shindigs, having a good time. A commercial popped up, and there was some people sliding across the screen in an elegant way I've never seen. And I was like, yo, that's dope. What is that? And it happened <laughs> to be um, that somebody knew, and they said, oh, Rashad, that's, that's uh, ballroom dancing. What the heck is ballroom dancing? And they said, yeah, they're, they're doing the cha-cha. What the heck is a cha-cha? So... Knew nothing about it. And every single day I trained from 8 a.m. to about like 1 down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I, I, I Googled um, a ballroom studio nearby. Found one. Went in. Don't know the etiquettes. Don't know the language. language don't know the culture. I went in there with a tank top on. You know, I just finished. Like uh, in your gym clothes. Gym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I pull in and open the door and ding. And everybody's just all daintily, just got their heads all back, looking at the ceiling, holding people. I'm like, what are, what are they doing in here? And I looked lost. So the lady was like, sir, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'm looking for the cha-cha, like it was a person. And uh, she said, are you looking to learn how to do the cha-cha? I said, yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. And she pulled me over and she was like, well, we don't have any availability until two weeks from today. I was like, perfect. Be back in two weeks. Well, a week from that day, Dancing with the Stars call. It was very serendipitous that it happened. How did they even know to reach out? So when I was in New York, 
um, I was going to Models to do an autograph signing, and I had on my headphones walking in Manhattan, and sure enough, <laughs> TMZ pulls up on me out of nowhere. And dude was like, yo, Rashad, what's up, man? You ready for the big game this weekend? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, look, looks like you got some really nice dance moves, man. Because I was just doing this. He said, you yeah. ever thought about doing Dance with the Stars? Never. I don't know what Dance with the Stars is, but the mic was in front of me. The camera was there. I was like, yeah, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I got to find this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and somehow that got wave of, you know, them hearing about me. And uh, my name went into, you know, a pool and sure enough, it just fell into place at the right time. And they called me and I was like, yeah, let's do it. It sounds like a great opportunity. And I went yeah. on the show. The first dance was a cha-cha. And uh, it was meant uh, to be. I, yeah. I was like, this is it. I'm going to have my cha-cha and I'm out. And found out, you know, you Hold on week by week by week. I kept learning all kind of different dances. The thing about it, it wasn't, it wasn't my, I wasn't trying to win at all. I went on there to actually learn how to dance. And um, that was it. I, I come to find out a lot of people actually use it as, you know, publicity to promote things or whatever. Right. I, I, I sincerely wanted to learn how to dance and I took it serious. I, That's I, so I good. Dance, like really on me and I still dance right now today and still teach it believe it or not so you know dance forever would be a part of my life you got free dance lessons and millions of people got to watch you through the process crazy I, I gotta ask though because you said that you try something or you were trying something new every off season what is the most bizarre hobby that you tried I didn't do anything too bizarre um, fencing is pretty random it was yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> I enjoyed it, um, you know, a little bit. wouldn't I wouldn't continue to do it, um, but I did train with uh, some some high end people. I, I was archery, something I, I still do. That was That's really cool. fun, uh, for sure. But next year, I'm actually going to do uh, accent classes. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want to start like messing with people. When I do interviews, so next year maybe we'll do an interview and I might sound like I'm from France the whole entire time. That'd be cool. So it's a, it's a, some, I just enjoy learning things. I, I think it's healthy. I actually used to do that. It was a game for me when I was younger. If I'd meet strangers out, they would like ask me like, oh, what's your name? And I would say like, Anna. They're like, oh, where are you from? Like, oh, I'm from Maryland. Oh, what are you doing out in LA? Oh, I go to UCLA. Oh, what are you studying? Biology. It just down the line. And I would just see how far I could go with it. And I would normally go until the conversation was done. I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. Nice meeting awesome. you. <laughs> Nobody would ever know. I don't that's know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but my, my best friend can't lie for anything and so she would just be sit, standing there laughing because she was just like what are, what are you doing but it was fun for me i still do that i think i think a lot of people should do it it is refreshing you know if it's, you're recognizable though then it's kind of messed up if people know who you are and then you, you go on and on and they're like wait a second which i found that out the hard way a couple times yeah so just be <laughs> careful of that <laughs> um, before we go into our buzzer beaters, I got to take it back to NFL playoffs one more time. Your Super Bowl prediction. Jags versus Giants. That's what I want. That's I'm what you want. I'm sticking with it. 
I want to see it. Uh, both teams will play with have an opportunity to be in the Super Bowl right now, so I'm sticking with it. I want all good jujus on it. If they're there, though, who are you rooting for? Whoever has the ball in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm cheering for. Whoever whoever has that ball in their hand, that's what I'm cheering for. I'm on the offensive side. If this happens, you got to get two of your jerseys from each team and cut them in half and sew them together, and you have to wear that to the game. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right, Rashad, we are reaching the end of the game, so I have some buzzer beaters for you. All right. Let's do it. What is your ideal food and drink combo while sitting courtside or fieldside? You know, that's a toughie. I'm going to go. Nah, you know what? I'm going to go with a classic bison burger. Drink would be a raspberry mint tea. Very specific. Who is one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside or fieldside with? You know, that's specific. It's, it's of course, because that's a different vibe. So. Courtside or field side? Because yeah, I, I know you're okay. a football guy, so. So somebody just to hang out and kick it with. Uh huh. At the game, though. Oh yeah, just at at the game. Um, I think Bernie Bernie Mac. I would love to have Bernie Mac be courtside with me. Um, if I'm gonna be in that type of setting, because he would be a riot. 100% Bernie Mac. That's my guy. Play by play. <laughs> he just yeah. play. That would be so fun. Yeah. And what is one event in history, it could be a sporting event or other, that you would have loved to have been courtside for? Would have been. It'd have been interesting to be at Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield. Go with that. That's the ear one, right? Yeah, he bit his whole ear. Bit his ear. Bit his ear. Bit his ear, 100%. Okay, wait. Did you see the the gummies that he made? No, he made gummies out of that. Okay, so he made these gummies. I just saw it on social media. It says they're called like Tyson bites or something. It's Come a gum. It's an ear gummy, and it has a chunk out of it. Tyson is hilarious. Tyson don't. He's one of them guys, man. Like, <clears throat> it's a few people's. If I can interview a few people, like collectively, if I could put like three people in a room together, mm-hmm. like he would be on there. I would put if I could put three people in a room, and they had to answer questions I asked them. Tyson would be in the room. He would be one of them. Who are the other two? I don't know. Kanye West would be one. Okay. Um, and the last one, we could find another like character in this mm. game of life because they, they're in this. If if life is a game, yeah. Like if you legitimately look at life as a game, these are characters that play this thing <laughs> differently. Yeah. And succeed in it. Um, so Maybe I Elon? Wanna, Are you going to put Elon in there? I, I wouldn't mind him either. I think he's a character <laughs> that plays his game yeah. a little bit different and, and, and succeeds. No, I get what you're saying. I, I think that would be entertaining. I'd watch it. 100%. So when I, you get you that interview set up, let me know. I'll run camera. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's a bet. <laughs> cool. Rashad, let people know where they can find you on socials and if there's anything else they should be on the lookout for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on all social media handles at Rashad Jennings. No space, no dots, no underscore, just at Rashad Jennings. Every single social media platform. Um, I will be continuing uh, to write books. Uh, my first was a New York Times bestseller. 
and that have really opened up the door. So I have plenty more books that are coming out. One of them is called Individualized Words. Um, <clears throat> I'm starting to prepare and get myself ready uh, to be a premarital marital counselor. That's something I want to do in the latter years of my life, which is, again, going back to why I believe marriage is so important. Um, <clears throat> and so please support that. And also, you know, I, I started a gaming company, uh, Never Lost, as the esports sector of it. Uh, also have an M producing music. I'm working on the second album right now. Um, I'm also doing a lot of co-hosting, um, podcasting, TV shows, a lot of talk shows right now. I'm having a blast. So if you want to hear a, a interesting perspective on things, make sure you follow all of my handles and I'll keep you updated. All episodes of this. And we'll need a part two to this courtside interview because there's a lot of stuff that we didn't touch on. Anytime, I'm here. Season two, you're coming back. Perfect. Cool. Rashad, thank you so much for joining us on Courtside Club. And guys, make sure that you like and subscribe. And we'll see you next week.